Yes, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new Rubber Muscle podcast. I am your host, as always, TJ, and in this episode, which is episode 111, we are joined by my man, Alex Fitch, who is captain of the Glendale Merlins He in the USA. That's PRP, Pacific Rugby Premiership, slash D1 level, which is pretty much the highest level you of amateur rugby you can get in the United States. And he is their captain. He's soon to be moving to New Zealand for a season. Um, and he is also a client of mine. When I first met Fitchy, he was a... And he won't get annoyed at me for saying this. He was a, a low-ish level or a decent level D3, maybe D2 player. And he has since flourished as a rugby player. He was very robotic when I first met him. He had a lot of those typical traits coming from uh, gridiron, coming from American football that you see a lot of guys have. And he's managed to transition himself to become a leader out on the pitch at D1 level. And he is blossoming as a player. So I figured it'd be a great idea to have him on and and chat to him about um, his experience, how he got into rugby in the first place, because it's quite an interesting story. Uh, his exp- how his, how how he got into rugby influenced him. You know what I'm saying? How how he got into rugby influenced him. Does that is that a sentence that makes sense? Like his him getting into rugby, the way he got into rugby has influenced his future career. There we go. That kind of makes sense. Alex is a really smart dude. He's, you know, he does everything with a lot of intention, which is probably why he took up the service in the first place. And this just makes for a really good episode. We get into the nitty gritty of uh, his rugby career, uh, what he thinks of the weight room. And uh, in the next episode, we'll go into how my coaching has really influenced him and helped him in his career. But for now, let's just get an introduction and a good chat with my man, Alex Fitch. All right, so... We're, we're recording, mate. We're recording. How are you doing, Fiji? Right. Introduce yourself. I've already introduced you in the uh, in the intro, but you also now have to just say, hello, I'm Alex Fitch, and, and, and say a few words about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Yeah. Hi, I'm Alex Fitch. Uh, I've been working with TJ for a little while now. Um, both good old Denver boys at this point. I uh, grew up in the mountains of Colorado. I've been playing rugby for coming up on six or seven years here. Uh, right now I'm playing for the Glendale Merlins, captaining that side and uh, moving down to New Zealand here in the next month or so. That's awesome. All right, so how did you get into – let's go straight away from uh, the questions that I've had from like guys that are overseas. So being an American, obviously, rugby's not like the main thing that's uh, the main sport for someone that wants to be an athlete, someone that wants to uh, – be as physical as, or being as physical a sport as possible. So how did you end up getting into rugby in the first place? Well, it's kind of a, I mean, it's an interesting story for me that actually might differ from anything you'd see. So my sister was always a rugby player. Um, we've got a pretty good women's culture in the States here. And that meant that she was on a top three high school team nationally. So she's a very good all-American U.S. level player, and I always dreamed of playing, but they actually didn't have a men's club where I grew up. So they only had a women's team? They only had a women's team that was nationally ranked for some reason. Up in the mountains of Colorado, they have one really good coach who just knows how to get women to be good at rugby. So instead of soccer, instead of cheerleading, instead of any of that, instead of lacrosse, girls were playing rugby. So you got every type of girl playing rugby. It was really cool to see. Um, And I always wanted to be a part of that, but... 
it wasn't until I got to college. I went to college on a, to play football. Uh, mm-hmm. And once I got there, I think it was maybe the like the tenth day I'd been there. I saw this Fijian guy tossing a rugby ball around. Went and talked to him, and we just decided to start a rugby team. Oh uh, yeah! Uh, never played before, but I knew it was something I wanted to do. So I just we just kicked it off, got a schedule going, and then you know did that thing for four years, and then came out, moved back to Denver, and have been playing for Glendale ever since. Dude, that's badass. Did you? I didn't know this. Did you? Did, so is that team still running? Yeah, they're still going. It's just a small college team. Um, they just just scrapped together. Like I remember having to pull dudes out of bed, hungover every Saturday. <laughs> like just we had this incredible Tongan punter who's got a couple of brothers on the U.S. national team who's just an incredible athlete. But God, you just would have to rip him out of his bed to come play on Saturdays. That's hilarious. Does he? Um, so does he still play as well? That guy, or is he like? I don't know what he's doing these days. Um, we finished up college football and rugby together, and um, I really I haven't heard from him since. Yeah, those Pacific Islanders, man. Like, there's talent there. I, it reminds me of when I was in Vegas the other month, and um, I was coaching the the Misfits, and what, our best player was just some dude that they found in Utah that just I don't know. He was just a he was a Tongan fella that just kind of like rugby and then we had guys that were in the New Zealand like sevens fringe squad and stuff playing for us but our best player was literally just some guy that just lives up in Utah and just chills and doesn't even play like competitive rugby yeah the guys that you just happen across we had a couple of those pass through just even at this tiny liberal arts college in Portland where you just find these amazing players they're not playing any other sport they're just kind of hanging out and they're like oh bro you got rugby and you're like yeah I suppose we do (laughs) That's hilarious. It's uh, it's ridiculous, really. And and that's kind of why, like, you can use that to sort of get yourself bummed out and be like, ah, crap. Like, I've got to put in all of this effort to be, to, you know, to be on a par with these guys that don't even seem to care too much or don't even try too hard. And that's just the I way know, it I is, that's right? A, that's a tough way to look at it. Like, if you let yourself get bummed out by genetics, yeah, you're going to have a tough life. The other way is to look at it as a challenge, right? Well, that's what I've always done. Like, I, I think genetics only t- limits you so much. Like, anybody can really change their body to be what they want it to be. Just the amount of work you're willing to put in. I think a lot of people don't want to put in that work. But Absolutely, man. Like, my, my thing was always, like, now when I look at my, like myself as a, as, a, as a human now, I'm not overly – I wouldn't say I'm overly huge or anything like that. And then when I tell people, you know, I used to play back row, and they're like, oh, I thought you'd be, you know, be a center or something because you're not as – big as what I would envision you as a you know back row player and I'm like yes because I had to do everything I could to like be big enough and just just to physically compete you know not to be an outstanding player although I tried to be it was just to get on a par well that's the thing about back row especially these days like I remember playing in college and everything and all the back rows were my size Mm -hmm. but then you start getting to these upper division games like and you start seeing these guys like we played San Francisco Golden Gate this weekend they had an eight man and a six that were like six foot four and six foot six respectively. And and you're and playing then, eight at the minute, right? Yeah, and I'm playing eight man against this guy at five ten. You five ten in heels? In heels, maybe. Hey, let me get away <laughs> with something here. I don't have much. Let me lie my way to at least being close to six foot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely cool. Um, carrying on from your background, I want to know. I, I'm I'm personally very interested in like. 
any sort of, so you said you went to college to play football is that um is that on a sort of scholarship deal as well or I actually had the choice so I got recruited for division one football which is like the top college football in the U.S. Mm-hmm. um but it was at these like kind of no offense to farmers but farm ag agricultural schools that they weren't my cup of tea so so actually, yeah because like you want so if you're getting recruited for a d1 college like you, you're gonna have to be legit or it's kind of just a pathway into getting into the nfl right yeah for a lot of it and then there's like there's the fringe d1 colleges and i just found that all the ones i was talking to were just not where i wanted to be and growing up i always sports was always something i enjoyed but intellectually i wanted to be stimulated so i actually chose the better school yeah like a lot you took a longer term look at it you didn't just go to a shitty college to try and play the highest level of uh football you could no 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 i've always been some would say overly pragmatic about that like i recognize my size i recognize what i am as an athlete and at least in the football sense i was never thinking i was going to go to the nfl um not at the position that i was good at playing yeah dude Um, i love that I love the like the practical thinking, and it, it and it doesn't. It also doesn't limit you, right? It's not like oh, I can only do this. It's like I get to do this, and then this is like really realistic, rather than oh, I didn't make the NFL, or I'm not going to make the NFL. I should be bummed about it and quit. Like no, you can still thrive. You can still do all the things that you want to do. But it's a no, case of just, recognizing that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I think like some people are built for different things, and I never felt that overriding passion for football. I love football. But it was never – it never felt perfect. Yeah. Like, you know, some, you sometimes find a passion where you think, that's that's what I want to do long term. And I think – well, like, developmentally, I wasn't ready mentally to go commit to something that was going to be the rest of my life. Like, it was just something I was doing that I enjoyed. So I'd rather set, set the foundation in another way to be good at other things the rest of my life rather than just banging people with helmets on. Attaboy. Um, and then did you have any sort of – so when you went to – so what college did you end up at or what – division was Lewis and Clark just a tiny college in Portland Oregon and is are they what D2 D3 D3 okay and so what does that mean in terms of their program I guess it's not like so because you always see like you see these gym porn um pictures of like the amazing facilities that they have at like LSU and all these other different colleges um yeah was, I mean was your program still like completely full-time and and, and that sort yeah, of stuff yeah we had a we actually had the first full-time head strength and conditioning coach that was a female Ooh. Um, which was cool and so we had, um, when she came in we actually got a pretty nice facility there was I mean it if you caught it on an empty day it looks like one of those really nice facilities the thing people just didn't know is that it was for the whole college like it's not just for the football team anybody could work out there that went to college there that's cool so but it, it was still great like we had great programming from our coach there she did a really good job of getting people into like the Olympic lifts um, and really working on kind of more dynamic strength to a degree. Uh, I think a big problem that I always felt with a lot of the strength coaches I had in football over the years were, was like just this over focus on just the massive lifts and this one-off power. Yeah. That, I don't know, I re- at least in high school, like people were just getting hurt constantly. Whereas there's so many things that I always thought you could do that made your body a little bit more dynamic absolutely i mean i mean i think that carried over into a lot of things i was doing over the years like i was not that focused on like the specifics of what i was doing i knew i needed to be lifting weights and then that's kind of it 
and that was really it. And I had the, this history of football coaches. So I was doing those things um, and not really having any idea how I could do it better. You just, I mean, you can Google it and I did, but still it's hard to get that much out of a Google search. Yeah, for sure. And and I think Google search is how a lot of people end up coming across our, our, our stuff because it's like, right, I'm pretty sure it's not just a case of squatting, benching and deadlifting or just lifting as heavy as I fucking can. What else can I, what else can I actually do? Well, exactly. And I, there is definitely like a paradox of choice there. Like it, you don't know what to choose. Like I'm, I'm no health and exercise science expert. I didn't go to school for that. I, I can take my educated guesses, but they're not that educated. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's really, it, it's such an important point is that like, especially from the football culture I found here in the States, at least people are lifting. Cause you know, in, in the UK, we, we, we come from like a, the rugby culture there is just like, it's, it's growing out of it now, but before it would be just, you know, beers. And if you're, if you're working out too hard, then you're probably trying too hard. And, um, you know, so you end up just getting the most, uh, any sort of gym advice comes from like men's health and men's fitness and yeah. that sort of stuff. And it's just bodybuilding routines. Because because the culture doesn't know any better, whereas the states, I think, like it's ingrained in school that you're supposed to be lifting, but it's all just the the real. It's you know just your power lifting stuff, or it's just real basic bodybuilding type lifting stuff. It's nothing really dynamic, and I think that comes from like the coaches at that level. You know, they're just old foot. They're not necessarily like you said. They're not actual strength and conditioning experts. They're just big dudes, or they're dudes that played a high level of football. But that's because they had that talent, you know. Like your your Tongan fella that could, that was an amazing punter, like he's not going to teach anyone how to to be to have that talent that he has. It's just God given. Exactly. Yeah. There's just it, we've got that nice foundation for some things, but not at all for others. I hear that. And speaking of which, like, were there any difficulties when you decided to? So I, I assume you played football all through college. Yeah. And then went to rugby, and then and then just obviously when you finished. Uh, college rugby's the only you know you can't play football sort of part-time or do any of that sort of stuff and I, I was done with football when I finished my time I was I was finished with it like I had had like a few en- head injuries that really made me just question football like they always say the helmets are for protection but by the end of it I'm still to this day convinced that they're nothing but a weapon <laughs> yeah I agree absolutely and um I remember when I first met you. Actually, it was you're pretty fresh out of college, and again, you were you're always like, is it all these little nagging stiffness and tightness and injuries and whatnot? And I guess that came out that come that carried over from the years of playing football. Oh God, yeah. Like, there's not a great recovery culture, at least not that great. Um, like a lot of guys just kind of push through, and like we would do a little bit like icing, stretching, you know, pre and prehab and whatnot, but nothing that concrete like there was no program in place it was if you decided to do it you'd do it some days yeah and it yeah it meant that a lot of the time people were de- you're dealing with just a little like okay i pulled a hamstring or not bad but you were never in perfect condition but that makes sense and i suppose that's the kind of the thing you sign up for with contact sports in general but if you can last longer without getting something nagging like that that's the secret absolutely i think um i think that's one thing that is is it's it's going really well at the minute is that the big push for recovery stuff and it's because it's so foreign to a lot of people i think like 
they're almost looking for that magic bullet of recovery now because it's gone so it, we're trying to go so far the other way it's like okay how can i how can i play a game and then feel amazing the next day and it's like nah you still you still fade a fucking game like that is no, the nature of it yeah it doesn't work that way like your body's gonna hate you that's part of what we do <laughs> yeah that's a, a, absolutely part of what we do is yeah your body's absolutely supposed to hate you i agree one thing i always loved that i had this crazy nutcase of a defensive line coach that all through college there was just this like six foot six animal and he just didn't care so you whatever you did what you could have torn your acl and his only piece of advice would be use that thing <laughs> like you would like literally like dudes would have like broken ankles he'd be like ah just walk around on it use that thing you'll be all right <laughs> just keep just keep that blood flow yeah and so huh. you like balance that with what the team docs are telling you to do and it actually worked out all right <laughs> that's ridiculous whatever i mean that's the i mean i remember there's another i remember one of my rugby coaches this big welsh fella uh Stu evans and we had this one guy who was another back row on our team and this guy had massive quads like the biggest quad you'll ever see and he was like listen listen here tg you don't want to be doing any of those squats because they're bad for your knees instead <laughs> you want to just run up a hill and just that was it that was his advice and that's how you get the big quads and i was like I spoke to the other i spoke to the other back row who had these massive quads and he was like no i don't do any of that he just had he just happened to have massive quads he didn't never run up a hill in his fucking life no you just are born that way but I, lo- I love a good old coach telling you strength condition advice it's always hilarious oh i love it or pt advice and 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 then you have the coach that like everyone and every rugby player that's listening knows that tuesday night uh physiotherapy room where everyone's in there like yeah. just like oh we got beaten the shit out of. and then the coach comes in and just calls you all pussies and you're like fuck what, man like what the fuck am i doing <laughs> yeah, i'm trying i'm trying to be able to play on the weekend it's a weird culture what, that we have for that what do you want from me oh it's ridiculous mate it's ridiculous but um yeah where i was going with this football question was like do, do you find that there are some other good benefits let's go for the benefits first like is there anything that you, you picked up from your years of football that you think has given you like a, a bit of an edge in, as a rugby player? Yeah, I think there's a – and this may be specific to me or personal for me, just that I found a way to enjoy working out. Like being in the gym has never been since – and it's only partly from football, but it's never been a chore. Like the gym is almost always a highlight of my day. Huh. Um, it's, I, it's some days it's meditative. Like it's very serene. I'll have headphones in and just time to think some days it's where you get to see all your friends. And that's true today. Like I come home from a day of work and what do I want to do? I want to hang with my friends, but I need a workout and and I want to get a workout. You get both at the gym some days, or you just have an off day, need to correct things, go to the gym. And every time I leave, it's almost across the board, the best, like, the best that I feel all day is when things are pumping right after I leave the gym. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's like, so that's a, and, and again, that's the culture that comes from football, right? You're, you're all lifted well, you, together and stuff. Yeah. Well, cause you, and from football that really developed as a way to enjoy it because they're constantly expecting you to be in the gym, to be getting bigger, stronger. And if you hate it, you're miserable. Yeah, you can't hate it, and so it just becomes a time where you and your boys are just hanging out, happen to be lifting some heavy things and sweating your balls off. And then you get that competitive nature coming out as well. 
Oh, absolutely. And that's the other part of football is that it, it can be pretty cutthroat. Um, there's a lot of those guys that are out there just for them. Like it doesn't have that community or team aspect like rugby does. Like it can hurt sometimes like dealing with the competition. All right. So apologies for that. We had that fuzzy thing that we had in the last podcast. Excellent. But we're back. So you're talking about uh, the cutthroat sort of nature of it. So does that mean that like you guys aren't really encouraging each other as players and stuff? Uh, I think there's some guys that are, but there's a fair few guys that aren't. Um, just yeah. because of the whole, to me, maybe it's the whole idea around football. Like there's so many dudes that you see as idols that are acting that way, trying to make it to the NFL, trying to make it out of whatever situation they're coming from. Huh. Yeah. And so football is an avenue. Yeah. I can um, see that. And sometimes that means you, you're not thinking of it as just something you enjoy. It's, it's a method to get somewhere. Interesting. Even at the level that we're playing at, I think just because of the, the culture, that's the way it is. Um, and guys can be pretty self-centered in some regards and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, not be like, a, like, and, and then with rugby, like it's a true team sport. Like you need everyone to do their job in order to succeed. Whereas football, like you can get bummed out if you, and you can, you know, you can just really perform on your own and perform selfishly, I guess. Exactly, like a good player can really make a like make or break a team. Yeah, like that was like that was the case for some years. Like our good years when I was playing were because of a good player or two. Yeah, that makes sense. Like a good offensive player, um, whereas in rugby it's by nature just more team oriented, and obviously the best players are going to play, but it's not. Guys aren't dicks about it. Yeah, you, and like everyone needs to do. You need everyone to do their role. Or to do like a bigger picture role for the team, whereas in football everyone just has that literally just that one job that they have to do, and then they can be blamed and and whatnot. Well, it's really interesting. Like you look at the coaching, and I think that's it, one of the more telling parts is like football's a coach's game. Like you see these guys, and they're you, the players are just out there being pawns, and like yep, if you lose a pawn, it's not that big a deal. Whereas in rugby the coach is not playing the game. It's a player's game. Like the players are out there performing, strategizing, making the calls. The coach is up in the box, making a sub or two. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And so it's very much more requiring of leadership from the players, whereas that can be overlooked in some ways on a football field. Yeah, I, I agree. It's great. Uh, it's exactly how I say, I say like uh, in NF in, in American football, it's a chess game played by the two coaches and you're just the pieces. Whereas in um, rugby, like you're still the pieces, but there's no player. There's no one human controlling you. You're all doing your own thing. Oh, absolutely. Or, or, it's all more, or, more, or more like even checkers, like you have that much more freedom. Yeah, but, you're out there. You're going to play the way you're going to play. It's not dictated. You have obviously a skill set that you can use and tools in your box, but it's not like you're fucking up if you – on a specific play, didn't do said specific job. There's much more creativity involved. Um, and you can do things whatever way, like you're in charge of finding it yourself. Yeah. Um, did you, are there any other sports that you played growing up? Um, like traditional American sports that you think could have had an impact on your, your uh, rugby career? Uh, I mean, skiing helped so much. Definitely helped me have giant quads, but. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. No. One thing that, I mean, in my later years of high school, I played lacrosse. Um, I had, I was just helplessly awful. 
with my eye hand for a long time growing up. Uh, lacrosse was a big step for me in developing that. Like they threw me in cause I was a fat kid. They were like, you got to play goalie, like get in front of these fast moving balls and use your big old body to block them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a huge thing that I've seen um, in the U S especially is like the people that come across from like soccer or lacrosse or like other field sports where it's continuous they have a much better chance of like understanding the game of rugby. You know oh, what God. I mean? Whereas like from football, we have like better athletes come across, but it's really hard for them to get the concept of like the continuous play and the, 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 the dy- dynamic nature of the game. Well, to, to just be thinking about strategy and being able to have an influence on it, like in football, yeah, some guys think about like, oh, what are we going to do next? But a lot of guys just go, what's the play? tell me to play coach yeah whereas lacrosse it's very much your it's similar to rugby it is that continuous play keep going and if things go bad it's kind of on you and you got to fix it dude that's super interesting um and then um i guess what uh can, can you in any way see like if you look overseas and see things that you think the u.s needs to learn with their sports one thing I see is, I mean, and this is specific to rugby, is yeah. that a lot of the American sport culture, it's like maybe almost capitalistic, comes over to at least what I see um, with some of the teams I've played for over here. Whereas it's very political and there's not a whole lot of club unity at different levels. Yeah. Um, you see that problem sometimes. Whereas I just remember how great it was. I was playing in Brisbane. Australia mm-hmm. and it like nobody cared it didn't matter what level you were playing whether it was prem or colts three yeah um, everybody trained together and everybody was at the social together afterwards they knew each other and nobody was judged like for moving up and down or for getting for not quite making prem like they still got to play a game down and that was just as exciting like it it made it feel very much like there was a love of the sport rather than like it, like the problem that I felt in football was that it was just an avenue. Like, I think it should never be just an avenue. If you're not doing it because you like it, because you love it, what are you really doing it for? Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. And like that, that, I mean, again, that's why we have like, that's why this business is here. That's why rugby muscle exists. It's because people that like really do enjoy rugby that want to be better. It's not, you know, we're not here just trying to make, uh, picking up school kids and trying to make them professionals. We're here trying to help everyone uh, play the best that they can and then still enjoy it. Cause it, it sucks when, you know, you, you go out there and it's just a chore all the time. And I've certainly been there. Um, like exactly what you said, what are you doing? Yeah. I think there's a, the key to being a player like that, like that I've always thought is that it's not about necessarily shooting for the stars. Like obviously you want to have goals, but the joy in it should come from getting better incrementally every step, like whether it's every day, every week, every month, like I feel like I've gotten better at something, but you've got better because you've enjoyed it. Well, exactly. Yeah. It kind of doesn't seem like a chore. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I have that with um, a few of the younger athletes I have that are really trying to make like the higher level. And um, like, I I can name, I can think of a, a, a few that like, you know, they're, trying to make these academies or they're trying to make like get contracts and stuff and they're like 
how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do? I'm like, don't concern yourself with that. Concern yourself with playing the best that you can, enjoying it. Remember that this is a, a thing that you have chosen to do, and go from there. Exactly. Just get better in the little ways every day, and people see that you just keep working. It's not like that's lost on anyone, but it's so so easy to get discouraged when you look how far you have to go. Yeah. Whereas and if you could just snatch what's right in front of you, it starts to look really easy. That's like my man Dara that was on the podcast the other week or a couple of months back now. He's he's with the Monster Academy and I, I was working with him when he was either 15 or 16 and he was just playing for his local village club and he was just getting better each time and he just enjoys it. Like you look at his schedule and you're like, oh man, you're really dedicated and all this. But he's like, nah, I just do this because I really have fun every time I do it. Yeah, like I don't ever look at my schedule and think, oh, that sucks. Like, yeah. It's just the things you do. And if you're not enjoying them, why would you do them? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really do hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure that you're subscribed so you can get every single future episode delivered directly to your phone without any sort of hassle whatsoever. If you'd like to win some cool free stuff, then you can go ahead and go give us a five-star review, ideally on iTunes, but you can use whatever podcasting service you do to give us a five-star review. Right now, we're giving away a three a free three-month subscription to Team Rugby Muscle. That's our flagship strength and conditioning program where you can get world-class strength and conditioning delivered directly to your phone so that you can make the most amount of progress in the simplest way possible. And last but not least, you can download 50 free conditioning sessions just by visiting rugby-muscle.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one.